Welcome to the first ever live feed edition of the Bitter Jury Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Westoff, and joining me today, as she will every week throughout the season, is my sister, Sarah Westoff, the only other live feeder I know who's as obsessed with the show Big Brother in general, but also with just digesting, consuming, and being obsessed with all things live feeds. Uh, Sarah, welcome to the show. Uh, welcome to our first ever special live feed edition of the show. Uh, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about the first couple of days of the season? Um, the first couple of days of the season have felt pretty long, to be honest. Um, we are not content short, that is for sure. Yeah, that's very true. I know uh, you and I are both big fans of uh, Rob Has a Podcast uh, Network, but in general, Taryn's uh, daily recaps. And I know today's recap was over two hours, and it's only been like 36 hours total of gameplay. So uh, <laughs> one day in, uh, we've got 99 more to go. Uh, yeah. I guess we're now like a day and a half in. So I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have some fun this summer. Um, this is what I've always been trying to uh, get to with these podcasts, you know, doing my podcast with Charles and Dalton every week. They're fun, but they don't see everything that happens on the show. And it's kind of hard in a one hour ish podcast to try and like, I'm just thinking back to last summer. Like, do you remember when they did the uh, splitting the house indoors and outdoors for a full week? Yes. And all of the stuff that happened in like a four day span to try and like explain to Dalton and Charles what happened in that, uh, that time window, it's almost impossible. So you almost have to have someone who's as obsessed with watching the live feeds as you are to break it all down. So that's especially <laughs> with how sporadic the feeds were during that time of them being in that indoor outdoor scenario, putting all the puzzle pieces together with someone who hasn't seen it is Right. Oh, now you're bringing me back. Now I want to break down the the, the wall yeller and the, <laughs> the conspiracy that Big Brother rigged the the game for Terrence yeah. to win that uh, veto. But this oh. is 2020. This is the 25th season we're talking about. So we've got a new cast of players. Uh, I've got a new co-host on here with me. So I'm excited to get this going. But all right, let's jump right into things. Uh, I just first want to start with kind of like, what are your first impressions of the cast now that you've seen them outside of the scripted intros and that, you know, I I found the premiere to be a little awkward with the amount of dead time there was in those competitions, especially that hanging one. Uh, but now that we've seen them off script and in the house for a few days, uh, give me your just general, you know, synopsis of what you think of the cast. Um, I think that you can tell um, who walks in as a super fan and is a is a real super fan um, throughout the years. And you can tell who walks in and and has watched some seasons, but hasn't really dug deep into the game, the gameplay or the strategy that it takes to really get there. The cast itself has been super interesting to me. It's a really good, diverse variety of people. So we are not short of conversations or anything going on in the house. There's a lot to talk about. So yeah, I'm excited about this cast. I think um, it's already started a little wild, so I'm sure we'll have a wild ride with it. I have trouble thinking back to, I'm not like the Big Brother historian, so pre-season 20 uh 
yes, I've seen most of those seasons, but I can't, you know, quick recall them. So in my mind, I mostly compare uh, when I'm watching nowadays to like season 20 and onward. Uh, that's where my fandom, that's where I became a live feeder. And so that's why I know the most about those seasons. And just thinking like in comparison to some of the most recent casts, uh, I, I, I just really think this is a genuine group of people. Like, I don't see the obvious, like, asshole or this, yeah. the, I, even like, um, Jose from season 19. Is that, was that his name? The guy who was like wiling out the, and like first out of the house. Um, I, I know like there's no like Frenchie who's like going bananas, you know, the mm-hmm, first few days, mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't have uh, uh, Jackson Jackson. Yeah. That, that whole 23 uh 22 season was uh that had like, the, that's like what I'm trying to say is this is the opposite of the season 22 cast where like that had like the Jackson Mickey and the other Jackson who were both like, Mm-hmm. Eh, uh, and just mm-hmm. like a lot of people who felt willing to say, you know, derogatory things without actually like, sometimes I'm just like, do you people know you're on television 24 mm-hmm. seven and like watching the live feeds this first, you know, two days, everyone's been pretty well behaved. There hasn't been any like, yeah, you're going to, like, it's the game. You're going to talk crap about people and like, and look for reasons to uh, put people on the block and to create teams. But there hasn't been just like any out of the blue, like we're just going to target one person like last, like maybe it's because of last season. Maybe, maybe this is a reaction. People saw how Taylor was picked on, you know, that first week and really outcasted. Yeah. I I've, I've always hoped that CBS gets their stuff together and does some uh, sensitivity training before they go into the house. That way it's just like one last reminder before you go, go in like, Hey, you're on national television, like behave yourselves. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's a long way of saying, I think we have a pretty good group of uh, people in the house uh, and it's been fun, you know, getting to know them. I, I struggle every year because every season at the end of the season, I'm like, I'll never like another cast. Like I do this cast. Like I, yeah. get, I get obsessed with that group of people. I like, you feel like, you know, them when you watch the live feeds, like we do. And then when you get to a whole new season, you're like, uh, do I, am I really going to like new these guys. people? <laughs> and I, I, I always say the timetable is like three to four weeks. When we get to about the fourth week, that's like, when my like i'm like okay i know my people who i like i know who i'm rooting for like i have a reason why i watch certain people and so we're still in early stages here we're uh but we're gonna break it all down and uh get it to our initial thoughts which i'm sure will change over the summer but uh real quick before we hop into just the general um events of the last few days and we're going to do a full cast breakdown of, of what we think of each player so far i really want to start with um Sareem and her addition to the cast you know i i think cbs fumbled the uh, reveal a little bit like I, they it, we didn't even know that there was going to be a 17th house cast until there's like eight minutes left in the show right before the commercial break they show the back of her head and i'm like I'm, in my head, I'm, I'm like, I, I, I don't recognize this player. Should I be recognizing this player? Because I don't watch Survivor at, like at all. I think I saw season <laughs> one uh, on DVD from Blockbuster back way back in the day. 
Uh, and then, you know, that's just not for me. I, I like Big Brother because of the live feeds, because I can see what's actually going on. And so I didn't know much about Suri when she uh, was revealed uh, on at the very five minutes, last last five minutes of the show. What did you think, Sarah? Did you know who she was at first? Like, how long did it take for you to realize, like, how big a deal she actually is? Because she's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I knew that there was a 17th house guest possibility coming in before the premiere started, obviously, because news had broken about that. Um, It's so funny you mentioned this because I don't think Julie Chin anticipated the hanging holding competition <laughs> lasting as long as it did i mean well, let's get one thing commentary straight. The julie entire- chen doesn't doesn't know anything that's going on until she shows up the set like 20 minutes before the show but the producers also did not expect that i don't think no no i mean even her commentary she was like wow this is this is taking some time you know <laughs> yeah i think and- she was prepped for like a minute and a half of silence to like pepper in and when it got to be like four to five minutes she was like crap what do i say now Yeah, it is just classic premiere night timing issues to where production has literally done so much. I mean, did you see the fortress they built out there? Those house guests are not going to be able to go outside for days. I mean, the fortress they built and then the games were just so like. I, 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 well, I, well, we've got to get to the have not room before we we'll, can we'll start. Get, we'll get to all that, but I, I, there's one free. There's one thing you're missing that uh, I need you as soon as it's. I, be, I mean, we've been planning this for years, but I need you to watch Canada Big Brother at least one season, and I've always recommended season ten. Yeah, uh, we've been waiting for it to drop on uh, Paramount. It's been now three years and still waiting. But Charles and I always say like. It's not even like in the same realm, like same universe of competitions. Like what Big Brother US does is like step one of 10 for a single Big Brother Canada competition. Like Canada goes hard. And then you see America come in and they've got, like you said, they built this fortress. And then like the games are like, it looks smack like yourself in the butt. smack yourself in the butt with what looks like old gym equipment from like the basement <laughs> of St. X where, you know, my high school or like. The hanging thing, which is like a big contraption, which, but like the, like, it just wasn't good television like that, that competition. Uh, I don't even remember what the other two competitions were. What were they? The puzzle competition between the BB comics and the goo competition, which, um, Jag literally dominated. Yeah. So, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff built for not the not my favorite competitions. I'll just leave it at that. So, um, but uh, we got through uh, that premiere night, and it, they they pulled a, a a switcheroo on us. Instead of getting an HOH, uh, we got nominees instead, and we got four of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Thoughts? Hey, you know, yeah. how do you think I, this affects the game now that like the start of the game? Do you think it makes a big difference? 
I think it does make a big difference when you look back at earlier seasons. I feel like on premiere night, we would always get that initial. They all walk in, sit down around the um, where the eviction chairs are um, and they all introduce themselves. You know, hi, I'm Corey and I'm this and I do this and I'm this old. And, you know, someone introduces themselves and blah, blah, blah. And so uh I, I do miss that part because I, I think that that immediately gives people like who gives a vibe of who other people are. I think now we're just like jumping straight into competitions and then straight into nominations and you're pegging, pegging contestants in a corner to where they have to go on immediate defense mode beginning the game where you would see different things pan out with different alliances if maybe they weren't a target. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest effect it had, and by the way, I did a terrible job hosting. This original question was about Suri, but we'll come back to that because I, I want to finish this point. Um, I, I think the biggest effect it has is um, – when you when you start the game off with someone in power, like the teams form a lot quicker. Maybe and maybe that's even why like I'm having such good vibes from this cast is because yeah. we got a whole 24 hours without somebody being in charge of the house. Yeah, there were people nominated, but there was no like head honcho that everyone gravitated towards. That you know that's how the main alliance is usually built like 90% of the time first HOH gets in the house. Everybody sucks up to the HOH and he handpicks, you know, who are my, you know, eight people that I'm going to bring in uh, he or she, sorry. Um, but uh, you know, th this time without that, you know, we had a whole 24 hours where everyone just kind of mingled, got to know each other. And like, yeah. I'm really fascinated to see like, will this actually create more, what's the word like symbiotic teams or like teams that f like fit better together because they had a little extra one runway to like do a little homework on the other house guests. Like I, and for example, like I even saw at first Jared was pitching <clears throat> this, you know, eight person Alliance that included uh Jag and Riley and uh blue who are pretty close, but it also included like Luke and, if he had been the HOH, you know, that probably would have been the alliance. But because they had 24 hours and there was no person in power, we saw Jag and uh, and Riley actually kind of pivot and be like, we're not that big of fans of Luke. So maybe he shouldn't be in our alliance. Mm -hmm. And I like, like, like I'm just really interested to see that dynamic play out and see if it affects, you know, the overall trajectory of the game with such a big change up to the beginning of the show. I think so, because when you don't start off with an HOH in that first 24 hours, everyone is kind of at fair game. And because of that, there's no alpha where everyone's trying to kiss up to them right away. So I can absolutely see that. Yeah. But to bring it back to the Suri conversation. So did you know who she was? Like, did what kind of um, homework did I, you do to figure it out? You know, I, I knew who she was. Um, I had talked with a couple people previously about um, her being Jared's mom. Obviously, we saw her in the intro take of Jared. Um, and <laughs> R R Richard gave her a big shout out on that premiere pod we did, the uh, the draft. 
So. Yes, yes. So it, it was so funny. I'm sure CBS jumped at the chance to have her on the show if she was willing. And I'm sure she was willing because her son will also be there, whom either gives her and them a better chance of winning, essentially. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, two things off of that. First, I, I just want to clarify how big a deal she is. Uh, not having any Survivor background, and I know you don't watch much Survivor either. Um, I had to go and watch some other podcasts, do their recaps, the premiere, to really get an understanding of how big a deal she is. Uh, on the Rob Has a Podcast premiere night episode, they were claiming like this is basically like if inversed, if like Doctor Will or Dan like went to go play yeah. Survivor. Like that's how big a legend of a Survivor she is. I mean, let alone just saying that she played four seasons, that should give you a clue to how big a deal she is. Uh, they don't keep inviting you back that many times. If you, if if one, America doesn't like you, and two, you aren't good at the game. So uh, I think that speaks volumes about her. I mean, Taryn gave her like a 50 or 60% chance of winning the game, which is- I was shocked. Sounds insane, but I mean- yeah, he I, he, I, know, he may know. Well, if it's not based off of her gameplay, which I can't speak on, the other point I was going to make off of what you had just said is that having someone in the game with you that you can trust 100% is the biggest advantage you can possibly yep. have when, uh, when playing Big Brother. Like when you're in that house, you're constantly fighting paranoia. Like, can I trust this person? Are they double playing me? Like, am I just being used and I'm the pawn and actually they have a better alliance? Like, until you find that person you can ride or die with, which is why people always look for that final two deal early, you know, like Tyler mm -hmm. and Casey. And I, I don't have any more off the top of my head, but uh, like that, like that ride or die mentality can get you so far if you can have someone to trust. And if it's family, like, <laughs> Of course you're going to trust them. You know they're not going to backstab you. Like you think mm -hmm. Jared's going to vote his mom out over Felicia? Like no way. No. no. <laughs> so, and on top yeah. of it, if others don't know, Jared and uh Sari have kept their relationship a secret in the house. The only person that knows is Izzy. Um and I think that's cuz from what I've heard Izzy has a, a history and background of watching Survivor. I think she put two and two together right away and so they know and they're the only person that know in the house. They've kept it a secret otherwise. So yeah, thus if far. Were, yeah, if you were watching the premiere episode, uh, we saw uh, Izzy pull uh, Jared aside and have a conversation. They were kind of doing like a little pinky promise. So mm -hmm. uh, everyone was kind of guessing that's what it was. And we found out watching the live feeds that, yeah, uh, they did know about uh, the relationship and they are going to keep it a secret. So only three people in the house, Jared, Suri, uh, uh, and Izzy, know about the relationship. I'm actually surprised um, because there is another Survivor connection in the house. Uh, we talked about it on the premiere because Richard is our Survivor expert, apparently. <laughs> but right. uh, Corey, his brother, uh, played on Survivor. I, I don't know how good he or bad he did. I don't know how famous his brother is. But if your family member played Survivor like you're obviously going to know who you know the dr will of survivor is so i'm i'm surprised me that he didn't recognize her son 
because I'm sure that they go to those survivor events and you bring your family members, you know, like the right every summer. I know Big Brother invites cast members back for a big player party, alumni party. They bring family. So I'm I'm sure Corey has been at one of these survivor get togethers that uh, Suri's been at. Uh, mm-hmm. Jared was probably at some of those, too. Um, but we're, you know, that's kind of a guess. So if, as of now, he's shown no cards that he knows. Um, so I, I, what do you think? It, it, does it look obvious? Like how I, to me, I don't see how they don't see it because every time when I look you, at Jared, I'm like, he looks I just see like his face. mom. Yeah. The faces yes. are so similar. They look, they look so much alike. And when they stand next to each other, you can tell that they're related. So I'm shocked especially by some of the more analytical people in the house, like, uh, I mean, they got, a, they got a lot going on. It's the first few days. Like I'm sure after like, you know, two weeks when they're really, really bored, yeah. they're going to start putting one, two, picking three things up together. mannerisms. Yeah. But I just know like if, if like, say our dad and I were in the house together, like we stand the same way, legs apart. Like we, people would be like, you all, you all are related. And I'm just like, I, that actually was on my list of things to bring up here. And so I'll, I'll shuffle our order a little bit. Uh, how do you like, how do you think they're doing? I, I, how did I want to phrase this? Not how they're doing, but like, how do you prepare for having your mom in the house? Like, I guess here's my question. Have you heard in either of their answers when they talk about their, like when Jared talks about his mom or she talks about her son, how are they doing it? Cause I haven't really heard in any of those conversations. I've heard him bring up his mom once. Um, but, and she mentioned like that his mom was like a dental assistant, which Suri is like a, a nurse. So I guess that's kind of similar, but I would just have trouble keeping that story straight. Like, I'd be talking about my mom and I'd be like, they'd be like, oh, that's weird. Sari has all the same things you just listed for your mom. Like, like that'd be a really I, hard lie to keep straight. I and don't I, know if Jared uh, truly anticipated her coming on the show, to be honest. It could have been something where he was already sequestered. They reached out to her and then she's on the show. So they never had any sort of no, inside I, convo. I, I don't think that's true because- we would I I feel like unless we missed it in that three hour gap, there's a three hour gap. And obviously, like mm-hmm. the cameras aren't always on Suri and Jared. Yeah. So maybe they had conversations at another time. But there have been conver- and, and I'm pretty sure I didn't see it, but Taryn recapped uh the first conversation Jared and Suri had together in the house. And I think if what you were saying is a scenario that he didn't know, that that first conversation would have been a like WTF, what are you doing here? Rather right. than a, rather than a hey, here's what's going on with my game. You know what I mean. So basically, with Jared and uh, Sari, um, they had a conversation because uh, Nicole and Kirsten and Sari were um, in the beginnings of forming some sort of alliance. Um, and when Jared came to his mom, uh, Sari. Um, he said that he didn't have a good feeling about Kirsten and Kirsten has 
you know, sort of been going around the house, spilling a little bit too much. I don't think she's as familiar with the show as others. And when you come on and you're not super familiar with the show, you don't realize that everything you're saying is being taken in and then used, processed and then used for someone else's greater. So the more information you share, the less leverage that you have moving forward. Um There was also one other conversation with Jared and his mom. um, And basically she was telling him that he needed to uh, chill out a little bit because he was going up to the HOH room, which we haven't revealed yet, but he was promising, uh, you know, certain things and alliances that Sari and no one else had ever even spoken about being on board for. So (laughs) they've had a couple mother-son discussions. I think that Jared will play the game differently with his mom in the house. I think that if his mom weren't there, that he would probably play completely different game um but now that she's here i i I don't know how long they're going to be able to hold the secret to be honest i think mannerisms tell on themselves uh but we shall see we shall see yeah i uh i've got plenty to say on on jared's game overall but i i think that's a perfect transition into the bulk of this podcast here um what i really want to do today is you know when we get deeper into the game we'll get more of a rhythm of how we want to do these live feed breakdowns talk about the our purpose here we want is to share the stuff that you're not going to catch on the show uh so that you can get some information on you know why things are happening on the show that maybe the producers don't have time or don't want to explain um but we're 48 hours in there's not yeah a lot has happened but there's not a lot of substance to it so what we're going to do today is kind of go player by player, break down what they've done in the game, what we think of their game so far, uh, kind of just give them an overall rating. And then uh, as we talk about the players, if significant things count that have happened in the house, uh, Sarah, speak on uh, on those things during the, the, that portion. But um, absolutely w- what I've done, just I was kind of brainstorming today what we would talk about. And so I kind of I came up with groups for these players um kind of like tiers you know from the the people who are gaming the hardest to the people who like aren't gaming at all and i kind of like i I gave labels to these groups so let's uh we'll we'll start here at the the top end that i think and obviously if you disagree uh please that's the that's what makes the best podcast is where we can have some arguments um (laughs) so i will just start here with my i i'm calling this group at the top the gamers they are the people playing the hardest doing the most in the game so far um i have four names in this group uh you can say where you want to start but the gamers i have right now are izzy sari kirsten and jared so uh those are the people i see going around constantly like talking more game than even like the casual talk like they are just working it you know working back channels you know working different groups um any of those four players stand out you want to start with izzy sari kirsten jared i'm not saying that they're all good gamers i'm just saying they are the hardest gamers they're going the hardest yeah, I could start with any of them, honestly. Um, we can start well, with... Well, you know what? Let's just... Suri, because we're, we we kind of already talked about her, so let's just... I, I put her on here because 
she came in with a reputation and she's kind of living up to it. Like she night one was already starting to create what what's known as an onion alliance, where you've got a core set of members who you will go the farthest and they all bring in extra people who don't know that they're not in the core so that they can be cut out first, but they're on your team while you still need the numbers. Um, so she's already building that. She's already got a number two with Felicia. She's got a secret real number two with her son. Um, she's, you know, leading the charge on certain people not being trusted and, you know, trying to build, uh, uh, other people into her group. So I think she's done a pretty decent job so far. What are your thoughts on how she's doing as a gamer? I, I think that she's played clean thus far. I think that if anything were to take her down, it would be the people around her. She's very skilled at bringing people together and coming out as the winner. Um, But the people that are kind of uh, being surrounded around her right now are in are in various varying positions, mm-hmm. uh, specifically Kirsten and Jared and Izzy at this point. Um, however, I think that no matter what, she's going to be able to find her way into the big thing. Um, and she will probably be controlling most of the house at some point. Yeah, I think what she's really good at is she like has that um ability to make you like uh, this isn't uh, i i I call it like the alex ariza effect which no matter what the person you're talking to is talking about you can just through your facial expressions and the questions you ask back make them feel like they're the most important person in the room and just make them feel like you're fascinated with like the the topic at hand that they're talking about and that immediately ingratiates you gives the person good feelings about you and just like if you do that enough times like whether or not you form an alliance with that person you're leaving a good enough impression that you don't come off as a threat mm-hmm. and so i think that's what she's really good at it's like i was watching right before we came on here you know, Corey was a bit of an outcast this week. Now he's since righted the ship a bit, but still doesn't have like a bunch of friends in the house yet. And she like, he was just like, Hey, you want to go play chess? And like, I have no idea if she was in the mood to play chess or if she even likes it, but she was like, Oh, absolutely. Like, will you teach me? And like going up there and he gets to kind of explain the game and she's like, no way. And just like, just all that like positive energy she pushes out in conversations. I think that is one of her skill sets that really has helped her become such a legend in these reality TV shows. I think so too. And I think she knows how to handle people really well, especially with her fandom. I think Corey earlier was coming to her and was a bit of a fan at first, even was opening up to her about <laughs> about uh, not treating her like like a real person at first. Um, <laughs> so she definitely has that that, you know, that fame face all over her, you know, and uh, I think that works for her with a lot of people. For sure. Um and since we've already mostly talked about him, but I a couple more think points I wanted to make. We'll go to Jared next in this group of four and, and the gamers. Uh, I see Jared also being similarly skilled in conversation. Like he has no trouble sitting down with anybody in the house, whether it's his mom 
or Felicia or the redneck red. Uh, he sits down and instantly has great conversations, uh, you know, finds a way to make the person feel interested uh, and, and, you know, just, again, gives off good vibes. Uh, people seem to gravitate towards his energy, um, but he does do a lot. And I think, you know, maybe that's the inexperience. This is his first reality television show. He doesn't have four seasons of Survivor like his mom, but you can see that, like, he gets some skill sets from Suri, like that the the people person like attributes. Uh, he he has those. It's just about reining in some of the overzealousness, you know, going out there and talking about, you know, it, he was talking to the HOH uh, and trying to pitch an alliance. And he was like, yeah, like you should include um, Suri. And if you do, you'll, you'll automatically get uh, Felicia and Izzy mm-hmm. because they're really tight. And, and, and that's like Suri, I think you mentioned before, pulled him aside and was like, Hey, like quit talking about my game, like <laughs> chill out a little bit. And it's like, if you can learn to close his mouth a little more, then I think the rest of his game is super solid from a personality, you know, person st- standpoint. We'll we'll see how he does in competitions. If he's got any muster for um, for the for the competitions, I think he'll be a really uh, a powerful player in this game. We'll go pretty far uh, based off you know his mix of. Uh, I guess if he learns to rein it in a little bit, I'll just go I'll let it there. <laughs> Yeah, Jared, as it was uh, put today on Terrence podcast, is an active but messy player. And he knows how to get in there. He knows how to make alliances. He knows how to talk. Um, But sometimes he can put the cart before the horse. So it's a good thing that his mom is in there because she can kind of rein him in a little bit and say, Jared, 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 like you've got it all right, but you've got it all wrong. (laughs) Um, but I do think that I, you know, I'm looking at this sheet, um, and I feel like out of all the guys, Jared necessarily wouldn't be maybe the first person that would be questioned to get rid of right away. But I think that if he gets too ahead of himself, he could, um, He had a conversation with Red earlier, I think it was yesterday or last night, but he was talking to Red, um, you know, starting to bring up a little bit of gameplay and Red told him, you know, hey, it's too soon to talk about gameplay. Um, So he can get kind of shut down in those ways. And I'll talk about how I think that affects Red's game when we get to him as well. But with Jared, I think sometimes he his words can get a little bit in front of him. Yeah. But I mean, that's something that you we're we're two days in. He can clean that up still. So I, I think he's still sitting on some pretty solid ground. I mean, he was a nominee and I guess <laughs> You know what? We're not gonna like we're not playing coy here. We, uh, this people are here for spoilers, so let me go ahead and just get these things out of the way, so we don't have to just dance around them. Um, we knew from the episode that the nominees were Felicia, Jared, 
uh, Kirsten and Corey. Corey also got sucked into the nether region or something. <laughs> and we don't know what happened there. He claims that they just like, he was gone for an hour. So he just got a late start to meet everybody. But there's speculation that he has a power. I not, I don't, he's shown no indications uh, on the feeds that he has. But um, <clears throat> to get the spoilers out of the way, um, they did have an HOH competition. Uh, Riley won the HOH competition. And then uh, earlier today, they had a, do you call it a nomination ceremony when you're not nominating, you're unnominating? I guess it's yeah. an unnomination un ceremony. Uh, but they took from the four nominees. Riley's job was to take two people down. It was look until like early this morning, it was looking like she was going to leave Corey and Kirsten up. But Corey did some really good work uh, last night and this morning. And so uh, the she saved Jared and Corey, leaving Felicia and Kirsten on the block with Kirsten being the target. Um, so with that out of the way, um, I, I want to move on to, I guess, Kirsten, um, because you can see, obviously, from those spoilers that she is still on the block and is the target for this week. Um, and the reason she is the target you know, there's not a lot to go off of early in the game. So you got to just kind of grasp at straws and the mistake she made. And it may, you're, you may know more than me about her background. It sounds like she's inexperienced, maybe was a recruit player. Is that true? Yeah. So she doesn't know much about the game, which already leaves her at a disadvantage. Um, she didn't do, I don't think, as much research as maybe some of the others coming on to the show and to the game. So, yeah, she I, I think I wrote down her opinions and ideas are rubbing people the wrong way. Um, I think that she is a feelings person and she just like da -da 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 -da, tells everyone how she feels. She even said something about uh, an uh, uh she said something about Riley. Um, oh, about Riley and Matt. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So she, I, I, what she did was she. Oh, a jealous hater. Yeah. Is what she, she called her. Well, a jealous so this, is, this is the perfect example of why she's gaming, but gaming too hard. Um, I agree. I think that she just is not thinking about you know, the things she says before she says it, she went on a whole, I, and I don't know who she said it to, but she was talking about how, and, and this is where she gets in trouble. She's speculating in multiple places, adding them up and then making a conclusion from it from very little information. So without which, facts, without right. facts. So she's one projecting that she thinks Matt likes her. Maybe he does. Like, I think he even said something, uh, Taryn mentioned that he may have said that he thought she was cute. Um, so she took that fact that she thinks Matt likes her. And then the fact that Riley won the HOH, then she got worried that because Riley won the HOH, Matt would then turn his eyes to her. And I think she even said have eyes for Riley because of that. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, basically like, I hope Riley doesn't become like a, a jealous, a jealous person because of that, or like they create like a love triangle. And like, that's a lot of drama you just made up out of thin air and sent yeah. to a bunch of people without any basis for it. And like, and like if Matt or Riley finds out about it, which they do, uh, that's like, that's kind of rubbed in the wrong way. Like, 
Riley found out and was like, what do you mean? Like I, me and Matt are hooking up or, or like, or have eyes for each other. Like the, R- Riley was like, I have had zero interaction like that with Matt and I'm not even here for boys. Like I'm here for the game and for the money. And so like, there you go. I that think with perfect all... reason to, when you, we have no other reasons, like, there you go. There's a reason to make you a target. It's like, don't give these people the sm- smallest little smidgen to make yourself a target. Cause they'll take it. Cause you got to target somebody. Yeah, I really think that when people walk into the house, they obviously begin spending 24 hours a day together that they forget very quickly that first impressions still matter. Um, People going to the bathroom in the same bathroom as people probably makes them feel real comfortable really quick, but they have to go ahead and gauge how many days they've actually been there and how you know, those house guests are literally just getting to know them. So um, if it were me, I'd stay very quiet that first. I'd be taking a lot of it. I'd be a lot of head nodding, a lot of mm -hmm, yeah, 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 mm So I think Kirsten has just gotten herself in a little bit of a situation. Now, it's still the beginning of the week, so we can definitely anticipate a possible target change i'm sure at some point um we still have yeah, we have veto quite, tomorrow quite yeah veto tomorrow um and then the video ceremony so i'm sure kirsten will be putting in some work um but i really don't see felicia leaving this house this week no no if it ends up being her and felicia uh then she's gone no no one's sitting home the 60 year old woman who one isn't the threat in, in your uh, athletic competitions and two d- has done the perfect thing that all older players should do, which is like become an essential, like part of the house routine, you know, cook the dinners, you know, mm-hmm. clean the house. Mm-hmm. When you start doing those things, people find it like, Oh, I don't want to send her home yet. She makes the best meals, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, Mama the- bear. Yeah, exactly. The mama bear effect, but we'll, we'll get to her in next year. Um, but yeah, so Kirsten in some hot water because uh, she spoke a little too much in those first few days. Um, she did get a lot of comfort after she was nominated today. It seems like people in the house do like her. It's not like she has like a, a bad reputation, so she can still right. save this, um, but she does need to either win that veto or convince someone to use it on her. Um, and right. we know that Riley doesn't want to use the veto uh get to get more blood on her hands so she's got a she's got a pathway but it's not the widest so um right as uh, her being my second pick in the draft um i'm a little conflicted here you know i've also oh. got riley riley's also on my team uh so i've right. got the hoh and the the number one target so Man. off to a very volatile start for my my team oh tough beginnings tough beginnings yeah uh last player in this tier izzy so i what do you think of Izzy? Izzy. Um, I think Izzy is another good example of coming into the game and having like this really big strategy, but then opening up too quickly to others. Um, I think that they can get their words in front of them as well. Just like Kirsten. Um, there was a serial serial killer comment made about, uh, which which, like to be honest i get like i kind of get it (laughs) he gives me serial killer vibes too but you you shouldn't say that because you know that's gonna get back to him eventually (laughs) 
Yeah, just to say it off the bat right away, maybe those are things we need to like internally think and not externally think, Um, you know, a little bit of that uh, word filtration uh, would probably do Izzy a little bit of good. Um, She really has paired up with Jared. I mean, really, I think that besides Jared and his mom, Izzy and Jared are pretty solid duo moving forward. I mean, I don't think that there there could be another probably male figure that could come in and maybe cozy up next to Jared and um, they could become a duo as well. But Izzy and Jared, I think, have that close connection because Izzy has recognized Jared and his mom as family. And so Jared will probably keep them close uh, because of that. Yeah, I... uh so I've got like mixed feelings about Izzy. Um, I like that they are. Uh, I like that they're playing hard. Like I, from my perspective and from what I've learned through the years of just being a super fan, like the first like forty eight hours are really crucial. And now that we've gotten live feeds these last two two three seasons uh, on on uh, night one, uh, it used to be back in the day they'd give you like a three-day grace period we would the show would premiere wednesday but they actually moved in like sunday or monday and so they had three days to get used yeah. to cameras and we would miss all of that like initial bonding initial alliance forming so uh, i think last year was the first year that they turned the cameras on on the premiere night um and then uh and and then this year we, we're seeing the same thing where like you you just got to be doing something that first couple of days. If you're sitting there, if you're not talking game, then you're probably being left behind. Like if, mm-hmm. because by the time we get to that, like day two, three, like you usually have whatever the big alliance is going to be. It's like 60, 70% of the way there. Like, yeah, maybe we'll, they'll swap in a few, two or three people after learning some more stuff about their housemates. But um, so I, I do like that Izzy, that, that, that they're so active. But yeah. I, I just can't help. But it's, it's like that they overpower every conversation that they're in. Every time I'm watching the live feeds, I'm like, getting, someone's talking game. I'm like, all right, they're getting into it. I'm getting excited, and I'm turning the volume up my TV. And then Izzy walks in the room. I'm like, great. Now we're gonna talk about whatever mm-hmm. Izzy wants to talk about, and mm-hmm. she's gonna, or they're gonna take over the conversation. And mm-hmm. it, it, will it work for her? For now, yeah. Like, uh, but. I, I just think that they are they may rub people the wrong way if they stay this uh alpha, like trying to be in charge of the game plan. Like you gotta give your teammates some more agency to kind of create your alliance together rather than be like, no, 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 this is this is what I think and these are who I think should be in it. And then like, oh yeah, what's your opinion? Thank you for saying it. Now let me go on to what I'm going to go. It was already going to talk about and kind of steamroll over that. I That's the kind of vibes I get from, from them. And we'll see how far uh, they get. It, I, I, it's better to be active than not. So I'll give her the benefit, give them the benefit of the doubt for now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anything else on Izzy or these, or these top tiers, uh, the gamers, no, I mean, I agree. I think that if Izzy doesn't stand to win competitions moving forward, that will put uh, her big opinion or their big opinions at risk. Uh, you can have a big mouth, but you've got to have like a big shrine behind you as well with 
some competitions to go with it. I can't fully say that because Taylor walked out of last season with how many? One, two? Uh, I think one veto maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, so... sorry. One, no, no. One had a household and she, and when she was had a household, she crapped the bed. So. Yeah, it doesn't even competitions don't necessarily make you the winner, but they do give you that ammunition when you do have those strong opinions. Yeah, this is why I got to have you watch Canada season 10, because <laughs> uh, the winner of Canada 10 never won a single competition. They were just the <laughs> master manipulator. So that's why I give non-athletic players some hope. But that mm-hmm. was Canada. It's a slightly different game. So until I see it done on Big Brother US, um, I can't. I will never take a strategist with my first pick. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next group of players I have. Um, we'll go a little quicker here because otherwise we're going to be here for three hours. But um, <laughs> I call this tier. Uh, you know, rather than go player by player, let's just talk about them as a ho- as a whole because most of them are forming an alliance together anyway. Mm-hmm. So I call these people dipping their toes into strategy. So they're gaming. They're just not gaming hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and this group is Riley Jag, Blue, America, and Felicia. Uh, basically, the reason I said they're, they're basically one alliance is because Riley, Jag, and Blue are like a core three right now. They're pulling in America to probably be their fourth, and that's going to be like the core of some onion structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they'll all go bring in other people. Uh, so they are actively playing the game. They are creating alliances. Um, but they're not in your face every single moment of the day talking strategy and, and like overwhelming people. Like they spend a couple hours having fun playing pranks on people and then we'll quickly meet about, you know, hey, here's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. kind of thing. So out of that group, Riley, Jag, Blue, America, Felicia, uh, who do you like? Who do you think's playing well? And uh, just an impression of, of these five players. Um, I think America feels pretty level-headed right now. I think that she is, like you said, dipping her toes in, but not full force. I think that could definitely work for her in the game. So I think that she's playing well on that end. She was even... She killed that competition on the live show. So she could be a threat for for, for comps. She could be a massive threat. For sure. And uh, she might be able to carry that team of four with Jag along with her. Um, those two people seem to do well in competitions, you know, despite their maybe athletic look. But um, And Riley won HOH and it sounded like it was some sort of endurance, like they were hanging on the wall is what I've heard. Yeah, Riley, Riley is interesting to me. I am excited to see the competition take place, especially if it was endurance. I think Riley's doing a good job at managing the house's emotions, but I think Riley has also kind of been a yes woman to everyone that has come into her HOH room. Um, She said yes to every alliance that was proposed to her today um i I would be her of the house for sure i would just (laughs) i wouldn't i'm i can see she's a people pleaser like me just yes to everybody you're all in my alliance like yeah and and it does seem like the only people not in her theoretical alliance right now are the people who haven't talked to her so right but (laughs) will that hurt her moving forward when she goes past this week maybe someone that felt 
Well, I, th- I mean, everyone in the house feels like she has her back. She has their back right now. So what happens when next week someone gets nominated and they're, she wins power of veto and doesn't want to take someone off? So I think that sometimes being the yes woman can get you into a little bit of trouble. I think she could have um, held her words a little bit more and her strategy a little bit more be just a smidge more hidden than she was. Um, but her and Jag are pretty much a duo right now. She, uh, she won't do anything without him. Yeah. I, I think she is in the best spot in the house. I, I don't know if she'll go the farthest. I don't know. I'm how good of a strategist she is. She, she, she seems a little bit uh, scattered in her strategy, but the fact that she got to be an HOH who never had to nominate anybody, mm-hmm. all she did was save two people. Like Kirsten and Felicia can't even be that upset with her. All she did was not save them. She didn't actually nominate them. So she's only got like a little bit of drips of blood on her, not an actual like full like blood on her hands, like a normal first HOH is. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't end up doing a replacement nom, then she got all the benefits of first HOH. Everybody's coming to her. Her room mm-hmm. is like, I, she's never alone in that room. There's constantly people coming up there, strategizing with her, creating right. alliances, creating bonds. That's why you want to be the first HOH. I think I remember listening to a summer edition of the uh, Taron podcast where he actually did the statistical analysis and was like, you have like a 20% chance, higher chance of winning the game if you get that first HOH. Mm-hmm. And and now she's gotten that first HOH and didn't even get that much blood on her hands. Like, yeah, perfect scenario to be in. Uh, and she's doing a decent job with it. Yeah, you're right. Maybe she's overextending a little bit, but um, it's not like she's promising them the world. She's just promising to work with them. And if she doesn't have to show her cards for a few weeks, like if you you remember Tyler, everyone in the house had a final two with Tyler. Um, True. And the, the only reason he lost the game uh, was because he didn't keep his allies around long enough. Like he let them go because he was afraid they'd turn their back on him. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, having those, you know, hardcore alliances you get from that week one HOH, like they go right. a long way. So, yeah. The only other person is Jag that I'd probably want to touch on. And Jag, I just think, is probably going to be a hidden comp beast. Um, I think he showed a little bit of that in his competition. I mean, he could not put those wires in fast enough. Um, I think I blinked and he was done with the competition <laughs> in a whole. And so I definitely think the house guests have something to look out for with him. He's probably, and he, he seems very intelligent as well. So I'm sure he's going to nail it. He claimed to be a genius on the, on his little cameo for that. Uh, when they walked down to the backyard, his group. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He just seems like a, like, I'd want to be friends with that guy. Like he Me just, too. <laughs> I just want to like go grab a drink with him and just like, he just seems like a fun guy to hang around with. And you know, it's everyone seems to just, you know, gravitate towards him. He just seems happy and good energy. And so, um, yeah, I think he's in a decent spot. The other two here were blue and Felicia blue. I saw nothing of until today. Um, but then I saw her strategizing, uh, with, uh, Jag and then later on with America. And I, I, I think I like her. I don't know much about her and her game style or strategy, but, uh, at first, 
I thought she was too quiet, but now I see that maybe she was just like a, it takes her a little bit to open up, but she seemed to really have genuine bonds, at least with that group that's forming the Mm -hmm. alliance of Riley, Jag, Blue, and America. She seems to have some really deep ties with them already. So I think that'll go a long Mm -hmm. way for her. Um, And then Felicia, like, I don't have a lot to say on her. She's in her sixties. Like she's not going to be a cup beast, at least on the athletic ones. Paired up Um, with Suri. Yeah. But she, she did. She seemed to be the only player in the house to recognize who Suri was and like instantly went up to her. um, And then has basically (laughs) like kind of become final two with her. Like, you rarely see her and Sari not together. They hugged like they had known each other for years on that first meet. It was like, right. oh, hello, <laughs> old friend. Right. So um, now we'll see. It could go one of two ways. If she's a loyal soldier, I think she'll go a long way because Sari will take her under her arm and make her, you know, final five, final three, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um but if she tries to push back against future plans, Suri might come up with and go her own route. Um, she doesn't have a lot of, it doesn't seem like a depth of strategy or even connections. Like she's not forming close bonds with the younger people like, mm-hmm. like Suri is. Suri is playing chess with Corey and uh, right. right right now, well, right now they're eating dinner, but when we started the podcast, everyone was up in the HOH room painting nails and like uh, Felicia was on the bed getting a face massage, not interacting with everybody, kind of like mm-hmm. Blue was giving her a face massage, whereas Cerise right in the middle of everybody chit-chatting and creating that, that bond. And so mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that's what worries me about Felicia is that. She's in a good spot being uh, in a tu- in a duo with uh, with Suri, but if anything happens to Suri, I don't see a lot of uh, yeah. ability for her to maneuver outside of that. Right. Yeah. So, agree on that stuff. Do we move on? Yeah, let's move on. All right. I got three more categories. Um, the next one we can do quickly because it's literally called "Where Are You." <laughs> um, I have two names in here: Luke and McCole. <laughs> Oh, yes. Um, Nicole, I honestly, she was my number one pick in on my team. I know. I, until today, I was like, is she in that house? I have never seen her on a camera. <laughs> and today, oh she had a, I, she was on camera with uh, Jared for a little while and was explaining mm-hmm. like how she's more of a reserved person and doesn't want to go up and do the fake, like, you know, let me have a fake conversation and be all excited. Like she wanted to create genuine bonds, but now she's worried that that might cause her to be a bit of an outcast or people think that she's judgmental um and she sees uh, basically she was comparing herself to kirsten who's like she's saying like i'm the opposite kirsten's out there talking talking and maybe talking too much where she's not talking at all maybe too much um and then luke again someone who i've seen him on camera he's not talking much he's kind of just walking around kind of goofy like I, I, one, I always think he, from the upper angle of the cameras in the house, he kind of looks like Kyle from the back. Like I Mm -hmm. almost Kyle from Mm -hmm. BB 24. Yes. Yes. And I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but it's almost like a crossover between last year's Kyle. And did you watch, did you watch Jeffrey Dahmer on Netflix (laughs) with the, like, if you were to cross 
them and jeffrey dahmer from jeffrey dahmer netflix and kyle last year which sounds terrible but that's what i get from luke and he's that he hasn't talked much so i don't have a personality to attribute to him outside of he's worked out a little bit and i heard him tell a story about falling off his bike as a kid right before we started the podcast um do you You know know, so those two players do you know much about them like have you seen them at all um Nicole, Nicole, no, no. I know they're they're calling I her mean, Mimi, which I'm fine. Or Mimi, I mean, I kind of like Mimi. It's easier. Mimi, like literally, not not at all. I have <laughs> like not. She, I was like, is she in this house? I was like, I swear, like Daniel picked this girl. Like political I know consultant. She's here. I'm like you're gonna be a chit chatter. You know, and Luke, um, I I haven't really seen much of him either. The only thing that I've heard is that behind closed doors some people have brought up his name because of his lack of talking and opening up and things like that but i know he's also got his hands dug into some men's alliances i know that jared luke and matt um formed some sort of men's thing they were working um, out when we were starting, and I could tell like they had a little thing going on. It was literally mm-hmm. Matt, Luke, and Jared in the workout room. Everyone else was up in the HOH doing nails, and those were the three buff dudes. Like we're not doing our nails; we're gonna work out. Right, right, and you know, and I don't uh, for when it's the first, uh, I'd say like four days. I don't necessarily count any of those first alliances as actual alliances right. until they actually settle. There's no real point to start naming names and talking about them because in probably six hours time they'll be <laughs> they'll be Brand gone or, yeah. or new um but yeah those two people really need to kind of step it up a little bit luke with his friendliness and mimi with uh just opening up and talking a little bit more um so that people don't mistake her not talking for rudeness or not opening up or anything like that yeah my team's struggling right now i got kirsten <laughs> and mimi and then riley who's in a position of power but i still don't trust her and so all right well we can move on from the where are you category um two more uh this next one i call them entertaining but not playing yet mm-hmm. uh that is bowie red and matt mm-hmm. matt i kind of threw matt in here because i didn't want to create one category for him but he doesn't totally fit in here he is playing a little bit but he's mostly playing because other people keep including him it's not like he's going out of his way to make alliances he just kind of has as charles would say the pretty people effect of just like oh yeah matt seems like a good dude we'll throw him into our alliance like oh why do you think he's a good dude oh because he's buff as hell and he's an olympian athlete so Mm -hmm. um but uh also in this is red and bowie and like both of them everyone seems to like they are entertaining they're chit chatty everyone's having conversations all the time they're just not really gaming they're not really i haven't heard them really included in any alliance i mostly i'm hearing people say don't trust red um which i'm not sure where that came from um so that specifically came from i think red and jared's conversation because jared approached red and started talking a little bit of game yesterday and mm -hmm. red told jared hey it's way too early to be 
talking gameplay. So Jared has kind of gone around the house telling other people like, no, 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 Red, Red, like already told me like he doesn't want to talk game. So that has really turned a lot of people off for Red. You should never in the Big Brother house tell people that uh, that that you don't want to talk game. I, because- I heard Jared, Felicia and Sari were in the pantry today talking about this exact conversation and uh sari was basically like jared that's just code speak for i don't want to be in alliance with you so this is me pulling out like if someone tells you i'm not ready to make alliances or it's too early to talk whether or not you really mean that it comes off to the person you're talking to as i just want to get out of this conversation without Mm -hmm. committing to you Mm -hmm. as an alliance member um To me, it immediately puts a target on your back. And for Red, I think that's exactly what that did. It's one of the golden rules you learn as a super fan. You just always say yes to alliances. Always. Like, Mm -hmm. whether or not you mean it, you just always, always say yes. And then you Mm -hmm. figure it out later. (laughs) Figure out how to lie your way out of it later. I think that Red is used to running the roost. (laughs) And so whenever it is not in his hands, Uh I just don't know how well he'll do. Bowie, you know, Bowie in the same hand is doing okay, but she's not putting in her best efforts. Like she went up to the HOH room with Riley today and she was like, yeah, you know, I've just come to like, you know, see if we're all good. Um, but at this point in the game, you really need to be elaborating more on that. Like these people want to want to know who you are. This is how you don't become a target moving forward. And if Bowie had stayed just minutes longer than she did, then she would have been included in an 11, possible 12 person alliance. Riley says yes to everybody. So all you have to do is be there. (laughs) Exactly. And so because she left, she missed an opportunity. And that's the other thing in the big brother house is you can't feel like you're just walking on a bunch of toes when you walk in there right away. You really have to kind of integrate yourself within all the conversations. If you're not talking game, you better be hearing game. And if you're not doing either, then then you're probably going to be gone. So Mm -hmm. um, these two people in particular, I feel like really need to like backpedal a little bit and start over. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. uh, Bowie... Maybe it's because she's from Australia, maybe hasn't watched the U.S. version. Um, I've never watched the Australian version of Big Brother, but uh, from what I've heard, it's not as competitive. It's more of a just like reality show that has some interesting competitions that you can figure out who gets the nice meals and stuff. But it's not like a cutthroat week by week elimination. It's more of like a reality TV show with some sprinkled in competition. So uh, maybe she just doesn't understand fully how the game works yet and then when she gets into the game she'll be better um we'll see but let's move on to our last category um Mm. (laughs) i don't even know what i really meant by this i i guess i did i call them awkward but in it (laughs) Uh, and this is cameron himan and Corey. they're all playing awesome or sorry awesome Oh my god! I, I, you you know what happened there, right? You just did exactly what Jared did. When I know. His I was, mom I had to correct. Jared him had to on call. Well, at least television. I didn't. At least I didn't call him Hyman like Jared. Did. 
Jared kept calling him Hyman. I I wrote down Himan here. It's Hysum. Hysum. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm literally going to change this letter oh, on my outline Jared. so I don't do it again. <laughs> oh, you Jared know that's going to be a uh, that's going to be a segment on the show for sure. <laughs> like that's one of those fillers before they go to the backyard for the competition. When uh, your mom has to correct you on that, whoosh, whoosh. yeah. All right, but back to the category. Awkward, but in it. Cameron, Hissam, and Corey. Uh, they're all playing. They're all uh so they're they're not just like chilling, they're they're doing stuff, but they're like their vibes are off. That's the best way I can put it. Like yeah. Cameron, I like I know I- Izzy, they called him a uh, a serial killer vibe. I know Corey, got... Corey. No, it was Cameron, I thought. Was it Corey? I could have sworn it was Corey. All right. Well, then, if you might be right, but to me, Cameron gives off serial killer vibes. <laughs> and I can say that because I'm not in the house. <laughs> um, he just like, it's like my worst fear. It's like if I always imagine myself going in the house and then, like, that first 24 hours, if you get outcasted, like, how do you get out of that? And I think. Maybe not all three of them. Hissam wasn't really outcasted. He's just is doing his own thing. And I'm not exactly sure where he falls. So I just threw him in this category because to me, he's awkward, but in it, but he's more accepted by the house than Corey and Cameron. Um, Cameron, uh, Corey is outcasted one because he showed up late because he lost the competition. And so, and then even people were suspicious that he had a power thought he was lying. And so they just thought he'll be an easy target. We'll get him out first. And so he kind of was outcasted on purpose, just kind of like a, uh, we need a target. You fit the target. He did a really good job of talking himself off the block. Um, he went up to Riley last night, early, late in the night. She was dead set on he's my target. And he went up there and gave a really good pitch. Um, I didn't watch this, but in the recap was told that he kind of did a good job pivoting even during that pitch. At first, he was trying to throw Suri under the bus, being like, oh, she's going to be a big threat, you know, survivor. She knows what she's doing. And when he heard Riley kind of give him back the, oh, but I love Suri and and Felicia. Mm -hmm. Like, I I, I just love them so much. He was able to pick up on that and instead of, you know, bulldozing through with his pitch on the fly pivot and be like, oh, well, then in that case, why don't I throw this uh, other person under the bus? Did did he pivot to Kirsten? I don't remember how he pivoted, but whatever he did, basically his pitch was, look, I'm kind of outcasted right now. I've got nobody in the game. I'm not, I don't have any loyalties. If you save me, I, I'm I'm a number for you. Like you, you will create an ally in me who's loyal. And Riley, like it worked. Riley took that information and we had nominations today. She took him off the block. So he was going from dead set target number one, staying on the block to he's now safe for the week or at least safe until the veto. Uh-huh. Honestly, Corey put in some work today. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, I really like him now. Like I've been watching him all day and I, he's grown on me. 
I I agree. Earlier in the day, Jared was having a conversation with Riley and Corey came in and interrupted uh, their conversation. Um, and he just was like, oh, no, 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 I'll come back later tonight. Um, he probably shouldn't have like left Jared in like that long. But I will say that when Corey was in there, I mean, he can talk himself off a wall. That's for sure. Um, and his pivots in the conversation, what he was doing was every time he felt like she was leaning one way, he started leaning with her. So she constantly felt like, oh, like he agrees with you know, everything that I want to do moving forward. And so I can trust him. It was definitely some good work that he put in. Um, He essentially saved himself with that conversation. Um, He's lucky that he has the HOH that he does have this week uh, because some other people may have treated that conversation a little differently. Definitely, But I think he used that to his advantage this week for sure. Yeah, like Taryn said on the pod today, that pitch almost never works, especially when you're that strong of a house target. Um, but he got lucky, and Riley is mm-hmm. the HOH, and she's uh, pretty persuaded, persuadable. So, mm-hmm. um, but Cameron, uh, he was he was kind of outcasted, and mostly because of like his personality. I think like he just kind of he couldn't find a groove that first twenty four hours. He kept going to groups of people and like he'd be in the conversation but he never got past that like stage of the small talk to where like when the room starts to dwindle down you get smaller people start turning towards game because they 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 like you and they trust you and he just couldn't get over that hump and so he kept just uh you know being there he's not like sitting by himself in a corner but he's not Mm -hmm. ever involved in the important conversations and so um he, he he did also benefit from Riley being the HOH. It sounds like uh, he planted his butt down in the HOH room last night and just stayed there long enough that he kind of just got grouped in with everybody. Um, so I don't know how I feel about his game right now. I don't see a lot of promise strategy wise or like people person wise. Um, he doesn't scream to me to be a, a comp beast. Um, so I'm not sure where his real strengths are that he'll uh, pull from. But for now, at least he's safe this week because Riley at least is grouping him in. Uh, I just don't know how long of a runway he has. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, honestly, um, I know that he's a stay-at-home dad. Um, and I know that when you are a stay-at-home parent and you don't have um, external friends on the outside, when you get into a group of adults, it's really hard to socialize again. It well, is. Are you going to talk about Bluey? <laughs> no, no. I mean, not even that. But really, when you stay at home, if you don't have like a solid group of friends, you go out into the world and you're like, how do I converse with people? I've totally forgot. Well, you don't even need to be a stay-at-home parent. I have the same effect. And it's just <laughs> me and Gruskin in the house alone all week doing tennis content. And then I go out in the world. I'm like, oh, what Whoa, happened? Conversations. <laughs> um, and then he he he's just been very 
messy. I, I mean, with just those things alone and then added to when he was in his conversations with Riley, you could tell he was just continually trying to overtake the conversation, you know, turning things right into, oh, well, we're doing this and, and, and we'll do this and using the word we all the time. And I just... um he he was going in way too strong, way too fast, while also being too laid back at the same time. It's very strange. Yeah. It's, um, I don't really have anything to say about him. Oh, you Hassam. you say something. Hassam. He's on my uh he's on my roster. Oh, he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might end up being fine. I just like I can't I can't get a read on him. He, the, the the feeds came on and he spent the first like four hours working out. I was like, and then since then, he's never been in the big group of people. He's like, I just he's, he's got very external, like when like when he's thinking about something, he's very intense. So that gives people the wrong impression right away. Like he was having a conversation with Corey today, and just because of his face mannerisms, he looked like concerned while Corey was talking to him and he wasn't giving him much back. And because of that, Corey went into the HOH room and told Riley that Hassam, you know, isn't a very, you know, wasn't very conversational with him. Um, And so I think that Hassam is trying to take everything in right now, but he's not being personable and people are not going to attach to him if he's not personable he's kind of isolated himself i feel like in many ways uh starting out this week yeah i see that for sure well that's everybody on the cast at least um really the only other thing i wanted to do here uh before we wrap the show is kind of let's do some predictions on how we think this first week's gonna go um well, I first guess. off, Jared needs to stop calling his mom mom behind the scenes because there's going to be a slip up here. He cannot keep saying mom. But, so this kind of comes back to what I, that the, the conversation I tried to have at the beginning of this episode. Like, I'm just picturing like, all right, if I was in there with our mom, then like, <laughs> what if I tell the story about the time I went on vacation to Yellowstone with our whole family and we saw the elk in the backyard and then in a different conversation, our mom is is talking to people. She's like, yeah, I went on this vacation to Yellowstone back in the day, and there were so many elk out there. And people be like, that's weird. Jared had the same story, and you guys kind of look alike. Like, mm-hmm. how do you avoid those scenarios? I wonder how much planning they did ahead. Because uh, there's... there's just so many things like that could that could you know be like a, 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 someone who's aware enough can pick up on those. I would be absolutely flabbergasted if they made it to the end of this season with the secret. There's no way they will. I mean, odds are completely against their favor. I feel like as you get to know someone more, they're just going to pick up those clues. But what it's going to do for them in the end, I, I, it's going to be wild. What should we set the over under at? I know you, you don't do sports betting, uh, but What's the over under? How many weeks until the secret gets out? I'll put it at if they make it to jury and one of them hasn't gone home and it's they're still not found out, then like I think one of them wins the game. Like that's that's 
at that point, it's not going to probably be revealed and they have such an advantage. I think that people will probably find out in week two when things are getting more comfortable or week four when they've settled in. Yeah, I can see that. But we'll see. So who do you think, well, I guess we're not going to predict who goes home this week, but let's just say, do you envision the veto being used? Because I think I well, I, I haven't asked you yet, but we'll, you, I'll, I'll ask you now if you want to do the Tuesday or Wednesday episode recap with me when we do the veto ceremony. Absolutely. Um, so on that pod, we'll know. So let's predict now. Do we think it gets used? And if so, who goes up on the block? Do we know who's playing yet? No, they the they play tomorrow, so they'll do the draw in the morning. I don't think it will be used because I think the house will respect Riley saying that she doesn't want to put someone else up. Also that it, I mean, it would kind of be a big move to use the power of veto unless the target has totally shifted within the next couple of days, which is not completely implausible, but I think Kirsten is kind of a sure bet right now. I don't even think Suri would try and win the power of veto to take Felicia off because they're not going to send Felicia home. So I don't think Suri is very concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that anyone else that played in the veto probably just wouldn't touch it. Wouldn't want to ruffle any feathers. No one's super close to Kirsten. The only people that are close to Felicia know she's safe. So I don't see it being used. I think Kirsten has to do some work. Um I think there are people who like her, and I think that her talking at the beginning of the game can be papered over pretty easily, but she's got to do work. I I think there's only one way this plays out, and I think it's if Luke becomes the house target. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he's kind of been standoffish like we discussed earlier. Um, He could easily be piled on you know if someone makes him the target it'd be easy to pile on behind his back and be like whoa he never talks to us so i don't trust him either kind of thing you could really spin that up um but i think you're right if out of everyone who would play in that veto competition the only two people who would use it would be the nominees probably Mm -hmm. so she either has to win the the one of the, she has to hope one of them two wins it, so they'll put Luke up, or she's just got to do enough work with Riley the next you know forty eight hours that it shifts like she has to become an ally to Riley and make and put the target on Luke. Um, yeah. Do I think she'll do that? Yes, because she's on my team. In reality, probably not. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I could see if she got taken off or if Felicia got taken off for any reason, I could see Luke going up and I could also see possibly Red going up. Yeah. I mean, I may be Red too. Um, Only other little note I had here. Uh, Can you explain why does Jared wear that handkerchief around his whole head? Like, (laughs) is is that a thing? Do people do that? Am I just like missing out on a trend? Like Like, the do-rag? No, no. He's not like wearing it like a do-rag. He literally wears it like to frame his face. He like ties it under his chin. Uh and he looks like like Lobo Peep or something, like, but with a handkerchief. And he's you know, constantly wearing it. It's weird. 
I think that's a new fashion trend that Jared will have to explain once he leaves the house. We'll, we'll ask him when, when we interview him. 100%. Because <laughs> you know Dalton's going to get that interview. Somewhere. Yes. Can't wait. Uh, any final points from you? Anything you want to bring up? No, I'm sure we'll have another whirlwind couple of days. Never be too settled within the first week. Alliances don't mean much until a couple days from now. So we'll see how it goes. Well, if this is any any indication, hour and a half for our first live feed breakdown, and we only had two days of randomness to go through. So uh, I think this is going to be... a lot of fun this summer doing our, our, <laughs> our geeking out together and uh, breaking down uh, all these feeds. So yes. um, I've had fun. I'm looking forward to many more hours of these discussions, but thank you, Sarah, for joining me. Uh, thank you to everyone who listened, especially our three listeners, mom, Dalton, and Lauren. <laughs> <'Cause> I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure anyone else listens to this podcast, but we're having fun. Um And like I said, before we started the show, I'm done with intros and outros. I suck at them. So everyone, thank you for listening. We'll be back next Friday. Look for us on the Tuesday show, breaking or the Wednesday show, breaking down that episode. Uh, I'll be back with Richard and Charles on Monday to break down the Sunday episode. And of course, we'll have the original OG crew, me, Dalton and Charles breaking down our Thursday episodes all season long. So We'll have plenty of content for you all. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Thank you for joining us and we will be back soon.